Masechet Kiddushin, Daf Nun Bet, we saw a story about a man who goes and takes some produce from uh, some someone else's land, but it's Shivirit, and then he goes and offers a basket of those figs from that land to five women, two of whom are sisters. And the sages said that the two sisters are not Mikudashot, because you cannot uh, do Kiddushin to two sisters simultaneously, it does not take effect. So we're now going to see all the things that we learn from this story. Rav says that we can learn four things from this Mishnah, although he only held in his hand three. In other words, three he knew for certain, the fourth one he was uncertain about. Number one is if you do Kiddushin with um, some produce that you picked up during a Shivi'it year, then the Kiddushin is good. During a Shivi'it year, no one is allowed to cultivate uh, or guard uh, any land, even if it's their own land. Rather, it's free for anyone. Whatever grows by itself is free for anyone to take and eat. Uh, but you can't hoard or sell or buy or anything like that. So you might have thought that maybe this uh, food that's free for all is free for eating, but maybe that you can't, just like you can't do uh, uh, transactions, you can't sell it, we might have thought that you can't do Kiddushin with it. And so the Mishnah teaches that it's okay, you can do Kiddushin, right, yours to eat or to benefit from in this way. So yes, you can take some free fruit and then it's yours and you can do Kiddushin to a woman and it works. Ushma mina Kiddusha begezel enamikodeshet afilu begezel dida. Second thing we learn is that if a man steals something and then offers it to her, that Kiddushin, as for Kiddushin, it's the Kiddushin is invalid, even if he stole it from her. Well, it's for sure, if he steals it from someone else, it's not his. He can't, he can't give something to someone else that doesn't belong to him, right? That's not actually giving. You might have thought that in the case where he stole it from her and then gives it to her, if she accepts, that means she's relinquishing her rights to it so that uh, she she makes by 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 accepting it right she has a right to say it's okay it's yours right i i have yeush and uh, you don't have to return it and that makes it his and therefore when he gives it to her he is giving it to her so you might have thought that it works and so the mishnah has come to teach that if he stole it from even if he stole it from her and still, you can't, he can't do Kiddushin with it. How do we see that in the Mishnah? Mishnah mentions that it was of, of their field, it belonged to the field of the sisters, and it was Shivi'it. So the only reason why it uh, would be good that it could possibly be a good Kiddushin. And then the, the Kiddushin for the sisters is not because, because they're sisters. But the other women are, uh, the, Shivi, the Kiddushin does work for the other three unrelated women. So the reason why the Kiddushin is valid is because it's Shivi'it. And during Shivi'it, the Sefket anyway. So therefore, it's not stealing. But if it was during any of the other of the six years, of the Shemitah cycle, when it did belong to them and he stole it, then it would there would be no Kiddushin possible at all, not even for the other woman. Okay. The third thing we learn is that a woman can be a messenger, an agent to accept Kiddushin for her friend, even if that will make her a rival wife, so that the woman who's accepting it, she's accepting it both for herself 
and as a messenger for someone else. You might have thought that, well, no, well, nobody wants a rival wife. So the messenger would accept it for herself, but she may uh, not uh, not agree to, she may tell, say, yeah, I'll accept it for you. But then in her, in her mind, she said, no, I don't want a rival wife. I'm not accepting her behalf. You might have thought that. So this Mishnah teaches that, no, nevertheless, um, if uh, she accepted that she'll be a messenger and then uh, she will do her duty, even though that means she's going to have to have a rival wife, but that still is a valid messenger. So that's the three things that we know for sure that I've learned. What's the fourth thing that I wasn't sure about? Regarding Kiddushin, that cannot be consummated, uh, there's something uh, wrong, like in this very case where it's two sisters, and um, if if you would um, allow the kiddushin to go through, and he is now has kiddushin to two sisters, a problem because he can't do biah with either of them because that would be the sister, um, his the sister of his wife. And so um, Rava said, Kiddushin, Shen Mishin Nabiyah is not Kiddushin. Um, so that's the fourth thing that you can learn from here. In fact, that's what Rava learned, right? Brought a proof from this very Mishnah to this fact. Okay, Venich Sheva. So why doesn't Rav count this? Because this is a good thing. This, this Mishnah is a, an appropriate application of this rule, or appropriate source even for this rule. And the answer is Mishum Demisapekale, Ikevaye, Ikerava. Rav was not sure if the Halacha follows Abaye or like Rava. Right, Rava gave, uh, gave this reasoning. There are other ways we could, we, as we saw yesterday, to explain the rule in the Mishnah. Um, so he wasn't sure if the halacha follows Abaye and Kiddushin Tzemesun Nebiah is Kiddushin or like Ravah, that is not Kiddushin. Of course, Rav is a first generation Amora, Abaye and Ravah are fourth generation Amoraim, so it's not that Rav could possibly be, deba- be debating whether we should follow Abaye or Rav. Rav never met. He died before Abaye and Ravah were born. Uh, nevertheless, the point is that he could be debating the same issue, right? Um, even if it was not in the name yet of Abaye or Ravah, uh, Rav could have uh, could have thought of the same uh, the the same um, law. Okay, Kisalik Rabbi Zera Amaral Hashmata Kamed Rabbi Yochanan. When Rabbi Zera went from Babel to Eretz Israel, he heard the statement of Rav that we learned these three four things, and he said it to Rabbi Yochanan in Eretz Israel. Amar lemi Amar Rav Hachi, and Rabbi Yochanan exclaimed, "Did Rav really say that?" Now, at first, we understand that Rabbi Yochanan is exclaiming it as in a negative way, like, I can't believe he would have said that. There's no way, like, he's disagreeing. So then we say, But didn't Rabbi Yochanan say the same thing? Rabbi Yochanan said a similar thing regarding the law of not being able to marry someone with, with stolen property. Um, the Rabbi Yochanan said a similar law that if someone stole money, then um, and the owner did not yet give up hope of finding it, then neither party can make that item hekdesh. Uh, the thief, the thief, because it's not his, right? The 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 owner still has still owns it because it's stolen, right? And he is uh, still has hope in finding it. So there's no way that the thief can be make hekdesh something that is not his, and the owner also cannot make it hekdesh because it's not in his possession and it's not, it's not there to maybe be able to make it hekdesh. So neither can make it hekdesh. Um, what you see from here, but we can extend the same logic that a thief should not be able to use something he stole for Kiddushin, just like you can't make it, use it for Hekdesh, you can't use it for Kiddushin, because in order to do Kiddushin, he has to give something that he owns to her that she receives, and he doesn't own this because 
she, it, it, it's stolen property, and we, we presume she did not make yush. So Rabbi Yochanan is actually agreeing. Why was he? Why did he exclaim? Yeah, Rabbi Yochanan exclaimed in happiness. He's like, "Wow, I can't believe Rav said the very same thing that I thought of." I'm so honored, right, to have Baruch Shekivanti, that I I said something, and now uh, Rav said the same thing, so he exclaimed out of agreement. Okay, now we have an objection to Rav's opinion. Uh, that you can that you cannot use stolen property because we have a tosefta that teaches kiddusha begezer bechamasu begeneva or shechataf selamiyadah vekiddusha mekudeshet. If someone does kiddushin with some some uh, item that is robbed, forced a, trans, a forced transaction, uh, thievery, or he grabbed it from her and did kiddushin, in all these cases the mekudeshet it works. So Rav, how come you said that if he stole it? from her not mikudeshet and here it says it is mikudeshet and the answer is hatam begezel dida uh, there uh, in this baraita is talking about that he stole it from her all the cases are they stole it from her because he stole it from her and then she accepted it um, as kiddushin it means that she relinquished uh, her rights uh, to it uh, she forgave him and says okay that you stole this you don't have to return it and therefore by releasing him it becomes his and then he gives it to her that's why it's okay whereas in the Mishnah that was not the case in the Mishnah the Rav rather Rav's statement that he learned from the Mishnah was a case when she did not steal it from her now this is really not so clear hold on in this very Braita right there's four cases the last one is or he stole it from her hand. So we can infer that the first three cases, is that he stole it from from someone else, right? Not that he stole it from her. We answer, no. Um, the last example is not, a, is not a fourth example, but rather is a commentary explaining the first three examples, right? If he, the thief stole, forced, for example, that he stole it from her hand. But in fact, all the cases is that he stole it from her. That's when, if she accepts it, it's okay. But if the guy steals it from a third party, that's definitely not his, because we assume that third party did not consent and you know, give in and have Yehush and release him. So in those cases, it would not be good. And that is the statement that Rav had said. Hold on. But you can't make this distinction because then the Mishnah itself was talking about a case where the guy stole it from her. And Rav learned from that case that the Kiddushin is not good, which means that Rav would say, even if he steals it from her, the Kiddushin is not good. So that the answer that you just gave does not resolve the contradiction. And the answer is, The case of Rav that Rav was talking about that said when he said it's okay, uh, the good kiddush, it's good Kiddushin when he steals it from her, that's when they had made arrangements for the marriage beforehand. They already went out on dates and the parents already met and decided they're going to make you're going to pay for this part of the wedding i'm going to pay for that we're going to donate we're going to give get these gifts and those gifts and they already um arranged the wedding 
So there, we assume that she is agreeable to it, and so when he steals money from her and gives it to her, and she accepts it, that is acceptable. That's the what's that? What the Braita was talking about. Whereas Rav, when he said it's no good, that's when there was no kiddushin uh, beforehand. He just went up to a woman. Maybe they met. Maybe they didn't meet. But they didn't arrange a marriage yet. And he steals something for her and gives it to her. That that's what that's the case of that Rav assumes in the Mishnah, where he rules that the kiddushin is not valid. Okay, now a couple of stories. A woman was washing her feet in a vessel of water. And I guess uh, she was um, uh, looking pretty when she did that. So some guy came along and grabbed some coins from some other person, a third party, and threw it at her and said, Right? I would like you to be Mikudesh to me. Uh, with these coins that he just stole. Is that valid? So, this guy who did this, then later went to Rava to see if it would be good. Rava said, it's no good. You are not married. Because nobody considers the opinion of Rabbi Shimon to be correct, who says that in a standard case of ordinary robbery, the owner despairs. Rabbi Shimon thought that, well, most people well, once uh, they're robbed, they're like, ah, forget it, I'm never going to find it again. If you would follow the Bishimon, then we can assume that this guy that, that uh, who stole money from someone else, that other guy, who the victim of the of the robbery, would say, ah, I lost the money, what can I do? And therefore, it would be the robbers, and then the Kiddushin would be valid. But that's a minority opinion of Bishimon, and nobody is con- even concerned, not even the Chomra, that you have to worry about that. Rather, there is no Kiddushin at all. Um, in this case, he had a sharecropper. A sharecropper shares right uh, with the owner of the field. Um, he takes a certain amount of what it, he produces, and the owner takes a certain amount. So this guy, he um, did kiddushin with a handful of onions. He just he picked a handful. And he gives it gives it to some woman. Now, technically, it's kind of stolen because he didn't get permission from the owner to take these onions. Although in the future he will get a share of the onions. So it's a complicated case. They came to Rava. He said, who, who relinquished these onions, onions to you? Right? No, nobody. The owner didn't let you take them. So they're stolen goods and therefore the Kiddushin is invalid. That was his ruling. But now we comment. That's only if he took a little handful. A handful has to be at least worth a peruta. Uh, but it's the point is that it's such a little bit that we don't expect that the sharecropper is going to pay it back or deduct it from his uh, share because it's just he took a little bit. So that's why it's considered stealing. But if he took so, takes a whole bundle of onions, a fixed amount, that's a significant amount, and he gives it to the woman, that has, and then it's actually better because then the uh, assumption would, would is the sharecropper said, would say, here, I took this uh, you know five-pound bundle of onions and you take a five-pound bundle of onions from my share. And so this would not be stealing since the sharecropper does does have a share coming to him, and he took a whole measured, big, nice bundle, and so that the assumption is that, yes, they will just trade, Um, and uh, so it's not stealing. Whereas when you just take a little bit, 
um, it's not a not a fixed amount, just a, you know a, a, a pinch. That's uh, that's a handful. Uh, that is uh, not sufficient to be considered a real amount, and then that would be stealing. Now, last case, uh, last story of a brewer. He's making brew. He's making making some date beer for someone else. And he does kiddushin with this sediment from the beer, right? There's some some uh, uh, leftover uh, part of it, and he gives that. It's, but it's worth something. So he does kiddushin with that. But it's not his because he's just doing the work, the labor, the, all the beer and the sediment belongs to someone else. Now the owner comes and, and, and sees him doing this. Says, so why are you giving him this uh, uh, second-rate sediment of the beer? Why don't you give him this nice sharp sediment that's even better quality than the one you, cho- you chose? So here's the question. The owner of the beer is he accepting and saying, yeah, you should have get even better. That means he agrees, agrees to give him the sediments and the kiddushin is valid. Or is he just being rhetorical here and uh, really it's, it's, it's his and he objects and he's not, he does not give the brewer this, uh, these sediments and does not want the kiddushin to happen. And therefore, this is stolen goods and the Kiddushin is not valid. All right, another complex question. So they came to Kiddushin is no good. The only time that we apply the principle that if an owner said, oh, you should have taken the better one, then we assume that he agrees is in a, in a case of Teruma, which we'll see in a second. But in any other case, including this one, even though the owner came back and said, Oh, you should have taken the better stuff and given it to her. We don't think that he's um, saying it sincerely. He's saying it um, uh, sarcastically or to because he doesn't want to embarrass the guy, um, but uh, he doesn't really mean to, to relinquish. So what is this one case where we do accept his words? A case of Tiruma, de Tanya, Kesadam Rutorem, Shelomidat, Tirumato, Tiruma. In what case do we say that someone goes and separates Tiruma from someone else's produce without his knowledge, without his agreement that Tiruma is good? See, if with agreement, of course. If I have a pile of produce and I'm not around, I want to ask someone else to do it. Can you go and take Tiruma for me? Yes, you can go do it. But in this case, um, you have some, I don't know, friend that sees this pile and says, oh, my, my, my friend has this pile. He didn't take Tiruma. I'm going to do him a favor and I'm going to go ta- separate Tiruma uh, on his behalf, without his knowledge. Um, is that good? So here's the case where it's good. So as a friend sees uh, his, in his, uh, his friend's field, a pile of, uh, of, of uh, produce, and he goes in there and he takes and separates, he's not stealing, he just separates the Tiruma on his behalf, so that way now anyone who eats it or takes it will not be violating uh, Tiruma. Now, if he's suspected that he's stealing, then it's not, not, the Tiruma is not good. But if the owner uh, is not, would not suspect him of stealing, then the Tiruma is valid. Now, how do you know if he suspects him of stealing or not? Oh, we could say, test it out when the owner comes back and he says, oh, why'd you take this produce? You should have separated even better produce to give to Turuma. 
I would have wanted to give even more, even higher quality. Now, if there was actually higher quality than the one that he took, then that means he meant it sincerely, and the Tiruma is good, right? In this case, um, the, the other guy is doing him a favor by taking Tiruma, and the guy comes back and says, oh, yes, very good. Thank you for doing that. You know what? I would even want to give better quality. If there is better quality, that means sincere. But let's say there's no actual better quality, and he comes back and says, Oh, why don't you give even better quality stuff? But there is no better quality. That proves that he means it sarcastically. He comes back and says, What are you doing? Right? Well, who asked you to take separate Tiruma on my behalf? Right? Why don't you take why don't you take better quality? Like, you know, go take more of my stuff. So then that's called suspicion, sus, suspected of stealing, and the Tiruma is not valid. In either case, um, if the owner comes back and says, oh, you only took this put this much Tiruma, there's no fixed amount for Tiruma. So you can give more. And if the owner comes back and says, oh, I want to put more, can put some more Tiruma, that means for sure, no matter what, uh, whatever, no, no matter whether there is better or not better, um, that shows that he is acceptable that someone else did Tiruma on his behalf. He's so accepting that he says, you didn't even do enough I'm gonna add even more and so that is uh, that's valid okay so in the case of Tiruma when someone does something on, on their own, that is, uh, that's valid. But in all other cases, not so. In this case, when the owner of the beer uh, comes and sees that the brewer took some stuff and did, used Kiddushin with it, and he says, you should have taken better sediment, he only says, said that because of embarrassment. There's two ways to understand it. Either because the owner wanted to embarrass the brewer and said, huh, what, what are you doing taking these sediments that belong to me? Why don't you take even better ones? He's uh, causing embarrassment. Or because, uh, a nicer way of interpreting it, he didn't want to cause the brewer embarrassment and come and say, hey, those are mine. How dare you do that? The woman's right there. She just she just got Kiddushin. You know, they're all happy. He doesn't want to embarrass her at the moment. So embarrass that him at the moment. And so he says, oh, you know what? Very nice. I'm so glad you took my my stuff and uh, you should have taken even better stuff so he wants to save the embarrassment but he doesn't really mean it and really does not want to give over his stuff without permission and therefore the kiddushin is not valid we just spoke about doing kiddushin with something that's stolen from another person and the next mishnah is going about you do uh, be about doing kiddushin with something that is um, that is hekdesh or holy in some way, basically stealing from Hashem and using that money to do kiddushin. Does that work? Hamikadesh bechalko ben kodesh kodashim ben kodesh kalim ena mikodeshet. Someone who does kiddushin with his share of the of a sacrifice, whether it's kodesh kodashim, that would be like in korban olah or hatat kodesh kodashim, or in only by kohanim and only in the to Mikdash itself. So even though they divvy it up and uh, this Kohen gets a certain share, so in some sense it's his, but it's not, it doesn't belong to him. It's his, meaning he has a right to eat that, uh, that, but if he gives it to a woman as Kiddushin, it's not valid because it doesn't belong to him. Not only for Kodesh Kodashim, but even Kodashim Kalim, which are eaten not only by Kohanim, but even non-Kohanim can eat Kodesh Kodashim, Kodesh Kodashim Kalim rather, uh, like a Korban Toda, Korban Pesach, uh, that uh, people can eat in Yerushalayim. 
Um, that also does not belong to the person themselves. They people have a right to eat it if they eat it in in sanctity, but taharan or and with all the proper rules, they're allowed to eat it, but they don't own it, and therefore, if he gives it to a woman as kiddushin, the kiddushin is not valid. I have some produce that I uh, I grew, and I have to bring it to Jerusalem, either the produce itself, or I could redeem it for money. Um, so that produce, although uh, in some sense, it belongs to me because I can go and eat it in Jerusalem. I can eat. I can eat. I can eat it all by myself. Um, that's Maasesheni. Nevertheless, that is. Uh, it's. Uh, it is in fact restricted. And according to the Bimiyit, it doesn't actually belong to me. Once I separate that Maasesheni from the rest, it actually belongs to Hashem. I have permission to eat it in Jerusalem. That's what it's used for. Just like Maaserishon, a, a, a Levi can eat it, and so on. So I have permission to eat it, but it doesn't belong to me. Therefore, whether I didn't realize that this was Masashini when I gave it to a woman, or I did realize and did it on purpose, the, the Kiddushin is not valid because I don't own Masashini. Um, so far, oh, these are all the same. Although these are things that someone has permission to eat, it doesn't belong to him, so therefore you can't do Kiddushin. However, makes a distinction and says if he does it, does it by mistake and didn't realize it was Masishani, then it's no good. But if he does it on purpose, then it's okay. Gamada in the future daf will explain why. Let's say something is made consecrated. I have some coins or some item, and I say this belongs to the Beit Hamikdash, and then I go and give it to a, a woman as kiddushin. kiddush. If he did it on purpose, it's good kiddushin. By mistake, I didn't realize it was hekdesh. It's not good. According to says the opposite. If it by mistake, then the kiddushin is good. If on purpose then uh, the Kiddushin is not good, and the Gemara in the future daf will explain that machloket. It seems at the beginning of the Mishnah here, regarding sacrificial meat, um, is not the opinion of Rabbi Yosei Galili. The Tanya ma'ala ma'al bahashem lerabot kodashim kalim shehen mamono dibre Rabbi Yosei Galili. So, because according to Rabbi Yosei Galili, when the pasuk says regarding korban me'ila ma'ala ma'al bahashem, this is a korban that someone brings because he swears falsely regarding some property. He says that um, it's mine when it's not really his. And it says here ma'al bahashem Hashem. One of the examples is something that he uh, takes, trespasses against Hashem. So this is referring to, according to the Biosagalili, this is referring to Kodashim Kalim, some animal that's uh, designated to be, let's say, Korban Toda. And then someone swears falsely and says, no, this is mine. It's not uh, designated to be a Korban Toda. The Biosagalili says that that also, that person is also liable. Now, why should he be liable for swearing about something that belongs totally to God if this type of Korban is only for something that I lie about stealing from another person? So therefore, according to Biosam Galilee, it must mean that Kodashim Kalim, that's owned by a certain person, actually belongs to that person, right? Even though he designated it as Kodashim Kalim, nevertheless, uh, it's he also retains personal 
ownership over it. So according to the Biasot Yosei Galili, if someone would take some Kodashim Kalim that he owns and do Kiddushin with it, the Kiddushin should be valid because he thinks that Kodashim Kalim are, is in fact owned by the owner. It's just that it's something holy and so has restrictions on its use. Um, so the Mishnah, which says that any kind of Kodashim Kalim you cannot do uh, Kiddushin with uh, because the person doesn't own it, <clears throat> must not be to be Yosei Galili. And we answer, because we don't want to restrict the Mishnah not to be like a certain view. No, the Mishnah can even accord with the Yosei Galili. He only said his opinion while such an animal is alive. We have a live animal here that someone designated to be their Korban Pesach. And then uh, someone lies about it and says, No, that's not Kadosh, Kadoshim Kalim, it's mine. And he swears about it falsely. While it's alive, there it is owned by a person. And therefore, that guy who's swearing falsely is swearing uh, about Kodashim Kalim, but is swearing against someone because he's saying that, personal's, that person's property that is designated for, by him as his Kodashim Kalim, um, he's saying is not his and uh, belongs to, right, belongs to me. And so, therefore, is uh, Chayav Korban. That's only when the animal's alive. However, after he brings that uh, animal to the Bet HaMikdash and does Shechita, then, and then, and then they, uh, they, they do the process, whatever the process is, and the Kohanim or the owners get the meat that they get that they can eat. At that point, it is totally uh, Hashem's. Maitama ki kazachu meshulchan gaboa kazachu. That point, it totally belongs to Gaboa, the, uh, the, the, the Mizbeach, the, uh, the, uh, the, the um, table of the Most High, meaning it all is holy and belongs to Hashem. And the rule is that Hashem says, you know what, you can share with me and you, the, these, the Kohanim or the owners, whoever wants to, whoever's going to eat this Kodashim Kalim, is, is um, coming at, come and invited to eat of Hashem's food. But it is, in fact, totally Hashem's food. Therefore, uh, even according to B'yar Segeli, it only when it's alive does the owner, does the, uh, owner have uh, um, ownership rights over it. But after it's slaughtered, the people that come and are allowed to eat it do not have any ownership rights. So he would agree with the Mishnah that you cannot do Kiddushin with it. And this is precise in the language of the Mishnah, which says someone who does Kiddushin with his portion. You don't call a live animal a portion. Rather, you call only an animal that you killed and slaughtered and divvied up, that you call a portion. And so that's uh, why it makes sense that even the Biyosei would agree with this Mishnah. Now we have a nice, um, interesting story. They're all students of the Akiva. So they're all colleagues. Now, after the Bimeir died, um, Rabbi, now, the, what are the students going to do? You have to remember, in those times, they didn't have these like uh, uh, big official yeshivot, like a, a school uh, or a college uh, today, or a yeshiva today, that's an established institution. And a big institution, when someone dies, a teacher or Rosh Yeshiva dies, the institution continues. And the students remain in the yeshiva, um, but 
they uh, they won't be they won't be able to take that teacher's classes anymore. They'll take a different class. In the times of the Tanaim, generally, maybe with the exception of the Nasi, but generally it was not an established single yeshiva, but rather small study circles that would gather around a certain sage in their home in a local Bet Knesset, Bet Midrash. Sometimes they learned outdoors. Okay, so when someone died, then all of those students would have to go and uh, find and join another group and the other persons, other rabbis house and so on. Now after the Bimeir died, so the students are going to have to find a new teacher. Logically, it would be Rabbi Uda, also a great sage there. And Rabbi Uda told his students, He said, do not allow the students of Bimeir to come and join our study group because they're not, come, they're not coming as sincere students. They are cantankerous. Uh, that's literally from the Greek kentru, uh, right? They are piercing. They're coming here and they ask all kinds of um, uh, uh, side point questions, uh, just to cause, um, uh, just to cause anger and to make everybody confused. And so we don't want those students here. They are not coming to learn Torah, but rather they're coming to surround me with halachot. They're coming to attack me and, you know, show me up. Uh, these are not sincere students. Okay, even though he Yehuda, told the students, don't let the other ones in, nevertheless, a previous student of the Meir, he pushed his way and he entered into the Midrash of the Yehuda. And so, Sumchus quoted Rabbi Meir. says, my teacher Rabbi Meir said, someone who does Kiddushin with his section of an animal, of a sacrificial animal, whether it's Kodashim Kodashim or Kodashim Kalim, the Kiddushin is no good. Ka'as Rabbi Yudah lehem, amal lehem, lo kach amarti lechem, ha'i kansu mitalmideh, Rabbi Meir lekan, mipne shekan teranim hem, velomot hem ba'im, ela lekapecheni bahalachot hem ba'im, vechisha ba'azara minayin. So Rabbi Yudah got angry and says, oh, who's that? Sumchus, you're the student of Rabbi Meir. Didn't I say don't let the students of Rabbi Meir in here because they're only causing vexation and they're not coming to learn Torah. They're just coming to annoy me and surround me and attack me with halachot. And why is he object to this? Because is would there does can a woman come into the azara? Does women are not allowed to into the azara? And for the Kodashim, Kodshe Kodashim, those can only be in, in by Kohanim in the Azara. So there's no possible case where a Kohen would take Kodshe Kodashim and offer it to a woman uh, and for her hand in marriage. The women are, aren't allowed to go there. And so what kind of just theoretical law is this? Is not a practical law that could ever happen. And you're just coming to annoy me with this halacha. And so now we have a big problem here. And another student of be Rabbi Akiva is also there. Amar Rabbi Yoseh. Yomru Meir Shachav. Yudah Kaas. Yoseh Shatak. Debide Torah Mateha Leha. What's going to happen? Rabbi Yoseh says, Well, Rabbi Meir, he died. Now Rabbi Yudah, he got angry. And now they're going to say, Rabbi Yoseh, he was quiet. He did nothing. While all this terrible, you know, fighting is going on. And what about Torah? How's it going to learn Torah? Is it going to be such a distraction? People are just going to be fighting. I got to do something about this. And so he comes in to save the day. And he explains why actually this is an important halacha that could happen. Can't a man accept Kiddushin on behalf of his daughter in the Azara? So there's some other Kohen who has a minor daughter. And so you might have 
uh, someone come to that guy and say, right here, accept this on behalf uh, on behalf of your daughter, and your daughter will be mikdash to me. So it is uh, it is a possible case. Furthermore, any woman can appoint a shaliach. He goes, to, she can go to some kohen. Oh, listen, you're going tomorrow over there. Can you get uh, find me? Uh, can you receive? Um, from from this guy, and that guy comes and takes a piece of meat off of his uh, shank bone that he's uh, eating there in the in the Beit Hamikdash, and he gives it to him. So you could have a case. You have to wonder: is this good kiddushin or not? Or What if she pushes herself in? There's a parallel here, right? Sumchos pushed himself into where he was not wanted and uh, so too a woman even though they're not allowed there what if she goes and rushes in into the azara and while she's there before the uh, temple uh, police uh, uh, escort her out uh, she uh, receives kiddushin from uh, one of the kohen there from his kodashim so all these could happen one way or another and therefore my we do need to know the answer and so this is a proper thing right to be meir uh, he died, he taught these laws, but this was a good law to be Yudah. Don't be so angry, right? He's not asking you uh, just to make you angry. This is a, a real case that could happen and we have to discuss. All right, so now that we know this is an important matter of discussion, uh, we'll leave the extended discussion of this case until tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.